When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind Casino, still the one, and by Allstate, proud partner of Oklahoma Athletics. Now, here's Chris Plank. All right, here we go. Now, first of all, this was supposed to be a live on Twitter podcast, but the, the microphone continues to hate me. And, you know, when, I'll, when I figure this all out, the funny thing is, Toby, as we welcome you into behind the mic here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. When everyone else does it, it's like, oh, yeah, so you just click here, here, and it works fine. When I do it, it's an absolute nightmare. So fingers crossed that we get this figured out at some point. Uh, we'll be live eventually. But welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. How are you I on this Wednesday? You. I'm great. I'm great. I have complete faith in you, Thanks, Blaine. Toby. I know I, it's only a matter of time. It's not a matter of if, but when. Now, the problem might be, that win might come like the last week of the season. And that'll be a little <laughs> bit <laughs> enraging. Oh, we finally got it figured out in the final week of the season. But, hey, uh, we've had a lot of time now. It's a Wednesday, you know, uh, 72, 96 hours since the game. But, um, you, you know, you and I both do daily radio shows. And just to, you know, not necessarily the freak out concerns. And, and obviously everyone want, wants to win. But I don't think there has been as – as down of a feeling as maybe I might have expected. Seems like there's a lot of belief in Brynn, that's a positive thing. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that, um, you know, the fan base is disappointed. The team 
coaches, us, everybody disappointed in the loss and uh, with the way that they played on Saturday. But um, I haven't heard much second guessing out there that uh, that Brent's going to be the guy. I mean, he's the guy, and right. um, that they're going to get this thing turned around. It was it was one of those that was just hard to foresee with the way they had played the first three games um, that they would struggle like they did. Not that Kansas State wouldn't give them a good test because K-State always gives them a good test and not that Kansas State wasn't capable of beating them. Uh, Kansas State put a knot on the head of a, of a Missouri team that almost went down to Auburn and won. So I, I think we knew Kansas State was good, but we hadn't seen Oklahoma, especially defensively, do anything like they did. I was starting to say some of the things, really all the things that they did on Saturday night, the missing tackles, the lack of physicality, the getting pushed back with the piles, right? Uh, giving up big plays, on and on and on, third downs. Um, so they have been so strong in all those categories. Yeah, Kansas State was the better football team and deserved to win the game. And so I, uh, I'm i really eager, I think we all are, to see how Oklahoma comes out on Saturday. Um, was that indicative of how good of a football team this is, Oklahoma? Are, are we in for a long season and some more struggles and uh, maybe several more losses down the pipe? Or was that a uh, aberration and they come out and look dominant against TCU and we say, okay, um, we're back on track here and this is still a team that has a chance to win the Big 12 and and do some special things. I don't know the answer to that. I, mm-hmm. I don't know how anybody I don't know how anybody could with any conviction give you the answer to that. I, I hope I have hope and I think Brent has hope and belief that that was an aberration and they're going to come out and play well and and look really good on Saturday, but we kind of got to see it to believe it. So I can't wait for 11 a.m. to get here. Me too. Um, And and I'm intrigued by TCU. I think it's a, I think it's a good football team. I don't think by any stretch of the imagination, you're, you're going up against an overly dominant team, but they've started three and oh, they've been a hard team to figure out because they had that random week two by week, excuse me, week three by week, but that's a good win for them over SMU. An SMU team that went four for four on fourth downs on sa- Saturday, which is wild, but it's a good task for them. And it's it's always a tough place to go play where a lot of Sooner fans usually show up in Fort Worth. Yeah, we do get good crowds down. Anytime we're in the Metroplex, really with any sport, uh, Sooner fans from the DFW turn out. Um, the, the crowds for baseball this year down in uh, – in Arlington were incredible and they always are over in Fort Worth. And of course, next week they will be in Dallas. So we have a bunch of red, uh, unlike in Nebraska, where it was hard to tell where the Sooner fans were in that stadium because everybody was wearing red. It's really easy in Fort Worth to see where the red is in that stadium. And there will be a ton of them there. Um, I, I don't, I don't have a good feel for TCU either. I think that they got a couple of a nice wins on the road. I mean, I don't think Colorado's any good this year, but they went there and they they beat them bad. That's what you hope to do. And the road win at T, at SMU is a good win, especially considering the circumstances with how badly they really wanted to beat Sonny Dykes in that game. So they got a couple of nice wins away from home. I do think their offense is uh, is good. I mean, they are experienced. 
Duggan's been doing it for a long time, and they got maybe the best wide receiver talent in this league. Uh, and they got a nice back in Kendra Miller and just a bunch of guys who can go get it. And here comes another wide receiver with mobility, which obviously gave Oklahoma all kinds of fits last Saturday. I don't know what they are on defense. You know, I don't I, – I, I think they're gettable. But um, it's just hard to tell with the opponents that they've played uh, how good they are defensively. So, you know, it looks like it's a high-scoring game to me. Mm-hmm. It looks like you got a good TCU offense and a good OU offense, and we could be headed for a high-scoring game. But that being said, I would have told you we were in for a defensive battle last Saturday between OU and K-State, <laughs> and that was wildly wrong. So. You never know, man. You never know. I I think probably this Oklahoma defense has been challenged beyond challenged at practice this week. Oh, yeah. And they are going to come out wanting to prove a point. And this is going to be a hard team for them to prove that point against. I mean, it's it's a good offense. There there is talent on this offense and some guys who are going to play in the NFL. And a quarterback who has seen a lot of stuff, not going to be easily rattled. So um, that that is that makes this a really interesting football game. And you know, it's it's that balance. Coach was asked about it during his presser yesterday between, and it's something that he said he saw in the film that he looked back on. You know, you know, guys are going to want to go out and give their all and play hard. That's never been a question, but. That it's that minor attention to detail, Toby, and it's something that I've learned in in you know being blessed enough to work with Teddy Lehman and Coach Merv and and when Dusty was on with us and now Gabe. I mean, you know, you don't realize it, but it's the slightest little mistake that can set off uh, just an avalanche of issues. And you know, you hope guys understand that assignment and aren't pushing too hard. That these little minute things, mistakes you can't make, that were made. On Saturday, you hope they continue to improve on it because I think the attention to detail is really ratcheted up this weekend. And I'm like you. I mean, it's like talking season again, right? We talk so much about it. You just you want to now see it. I want to see how this team responds to adversity. And I've got a good feeling that they'll respond well based on what we've seen in their preparation in the past, not just four games, but also this offseason and getting ready for the season. Yeah, I agree. And, and it feels vital that they get off to a good start. I mean, they they keep they've fallen behind three straight games, and um, I, I with the way last Saturday went, if they were to give up an early drive and be down seven or or ten or fourteen nothing, then you really worry that the mindset isn't where it. I, I think that's what happened a little bit last week is panic started to set in, and and on the defensive side of the ball, you see guys trying to do more than their job and getting out of of those details getting out of the right gap and overrunning the play over pursuing and all of going rushing too far upfield because they desperately want to make a play. And then quarterback steps up and goes for 55 yards on you. So uh, I think if, if they win the coin toss, which you'll be right there, if they win the coin toss, I think Oklahoma will take the football because I think Brent understands we need to score first we got to get some confidence, some momentum going. We can't keep falling behind. And um, this feels really important how they start this game to me. 
they started the opener so well, right? And it's it's always interesting. Yeah. You know, they go out and score on their first three possessions. But I don't know. It was, didn't necessarily start well against Nebraska. Thankfully, it didn't hurt him. Didn't necessarily start well against Kent State, but they were able to pull away. Uh, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think that's a really big key. Hey, no one has been closer outside of the, the team and the, some of the sport, support staff members. No one's been closer to Coach Venables than you have. What would you kind of make of his mood and his – outlook on Monday night at Rudy's? Um, determined, agitated. Um, <laughs> he, he, by his own admission, says he's a, he is a poor loser. That was his quote. I'm a poor loser. Good. And he, I don't, I think he's taking it hard. I, I think he always, and we've, we've been on Brent long enough to know, he always takes not just losses hard, just any sort of a, of an in-game mistake he takes hard, and uh, certainly a loss. And now as a head coach, that's probably even exponential. So um, I saw a head coach on Monday night and then at his press conference on Tuesday that was square-jawed and determined and uh, – you know, still angry over how his team played on Saturday night. I'll tell you the interesting thing for me, and I don't know the answer to this. This is completely speculative. But my assumption, right or wrong, at Clemson was that, uh, you know, Brent was kind of the bad cop to Dabo's good cop. (laughs) Somebody was in trouble. You know what I mean? Like, right. Brent, Brent will chew you out and then Dabo will come up and put his arm around you and say it's going to be okay. I mean, maybe I'm wrong about that, but that seems like the personalities of those two guys. I wonder what that is here. I like, as the head coach, is Brent capable? I'm, I know he's capable. Is, has he already transformed into the guy that can lift your spirits and say, hey, it's going to be okay? Or is that is that uh, Ted Roof's role? Or is that Miguel Chavis's role? You know what? Behind the scenes, who's the good cop, bad cop when you have a night like Saturday night? Somebody's got to get in your grill and tell you it's got to be better. And then somebody's got to put their arm around you and tell you it's going to, you know, mm-hmm. stay in there, hang in there. It's going to be okay. So, again, complete speculation, both at Clemson and Oklahoma. <laughs> but that is intriguing just knowing the personality of Brent Venables that uh, I just wonder how that all kind of fits behind the scene. You know, it was interesting because we were talking with LaDamian Washington about this, and for podcast followers, you'll hear this on Friday. Um, it's on ESPN Plus as we speak, right, the Coach's Corner, and then it'll drop on the network on Thursday night. So he, he talked about having that mentality where you're go- if, if something doesn't go right, you can hear about it. But once once we – have our discussion, it's over, right? And you move on. I thought it was fascinating because there's some young receivers for Oklahoma that have they've gotten a chewing at times this year. And it was really cool to hear that mindset. I, I I have a tough time with that personally, right? If someone gets on me about something, I can't wash it right away. You know, my personality is I'm going to obsess over that for a while. Uh, obviously, I'm not an elite athlete, but I'll be curious to see how some of these guys handle it. And that's a great dynamic, Toby. Yeah. I hadn't even thought about that. You know, maybe the sole mission guys are a good yeah. good cop on that front, yeah. too. Who knows? But it's a great, great point. point. Yeah. Yeah, you are an elite broadcaster <laughs> at this point. And, uh, 
Thanks. Tim. No, I get, I get, I think that's human nature for right. all of us. Right. I mean, when, when, uh, something doesn't go right or, uh, you get, uh, called into the boss's office or the principal's office, or you get a little criticism on social media, or in the case of what we're talking about here, the head coach or the position coach is pointing out everything you did wrong. Then, um, but, but you get, I mean, that's just sports. I mean, you got, these guys are playing at a level where it's got to be water off a duck's back and you got to just accept it and take it as coaching and, and move on down the line. But that interpersonal dynamic always intrigues me in a coaching staff. And here we've got Brent moving into a, a new role. I just personality wise, I wonder if he's altered himself at all, or if he's, if he's the same Brent Venables that he was as a defensive coordinator. It's, it's uh it's fascinating. It's man. interesting to me. Hey, yeah. uh, two more, and we'll we'll get on out of here. And I know we're going to wrap with uh, some words from one of our great sponsors. But first, how fascinating is this league, right? I mean, it's you look up and down the Big Twelve, and I know that you know we're in our kind of final days with the Big Twelve. But man, this is there's no rocking chair games, as our buddy Kevin Henry likes to say. Kansas is good, and they've got a big one with Iowa State this weekend. Kansas State and Texas Tech is fascinating. Baylor OSU in a rematch of the Big 12 championship game. West Virginia's traveling to Austin after they just had their biggest win of the season. I mean, this is not just a great week, but man, this conference this this conference has stiffened up on us. Yeah, I uh, we had a discussion on our show the other day. Who's the worst team in the Big 12? <laughs> and it's an impossible question. I mean, you know, we're only one weekend for most teams into conference play, but that used to be an easy answer, right? And um, it's not, I mean, Kansas is 4-0 and they look legit. And Every team you bring up as a candidate has done something impressive so far this year. And the Saturday Big 12 slate looks like a Saturday Big 12 basketball slate. Right. Where every game is like, oh, that'll be a great game. Oh, that'll be a great game. You know, OSU at Baylor. OU at TCU, West Virginia at Texas, Iowa State at Kansas. Iowa State at Kansas, incredibly intriguing game this week, you know. You got Texas Tech and Kansas State who just both beat OU and Texas. They play each other now this week. So it's um, it's going to make for wildly entertaining season. I just wonder if somebody's going to be able to survive it, you know, and be a – national title contender or if it's just going to be too daunting of a task to get through it this year without a couple of losses that takes you out of the race so uh, i mean it looks every bit the possibility to me that we've got two teams playing in arlington that that have two or more losses for the championship and i hope that's not the case i hope oklahoma here runs the table but same um it's it's going to be really tough to get through this conference unscathed this year, maybe more than we've seen in a while, just because there's no layups. You know, there's no weeks. Usually there's a week or two along here where you could say, all right, they got a breather this week. They got Kansas or whoever else is down that year. I just don't see the breather. I mean, it is a gauntlet the rest of the way, which is, is going to make it fun. And then finally, and nerve wracking. And nerve wracking. Thank you. Um, and finally, T. Row, um, I'm kind of having a struggle because, you know, last week I picked Will Howard as my potential, uh, as my spotlight guy, and 
Obviously, that bit me in the backside because Adrian Martinez went out and had the game of his life. But um, I'm kind of struggling this week. Any advice? Who you thinking might be a good, good possible spotlight guy for TCU? Maybe Max Duggan. Maybe, uh, maybe thinking about the wide receiver position. I'm really kind of struggling on that front because I am never, and I mean ever, picking a backup quarterback again. I think the quarterback is always a safe bet. Um, I'll tell you a guy that uh, Brent Venables has pointed out individually on two occasions now, once on uh, on the Rudy show and once at his press conference the other day, is Darius Davis. Yeah, He is uh, the wide receiver who took the jet sweep for a touchdown against SMU last week and has blazing speed. And uh, Brent said he thinks he might be the fastest guy in the Big 12. And so the fact that the head coach has pointed him out individually a couple of times leads me to believe that he has been a focus of, uh, you know, let's make sure we keep this guy corralled. I think you could say that about uh, several different wide receivers. Quentin Johnston might be the best wide receiver in the Big 12, the big 6'4 target. They've got a uh, transfer from Mississippi State in Jorquarius Spivey, great name, by the way, who is 6'5", 245, and he lines up as a wide, wide receiver. Um, they've got another wide out in Savion Williams, who's 6'5". So they're giant. They're not just good. They go, sometimes they'll throw out their 6'4", 6'5", 6'5", at the wide outs, not even talking tight ends. They got a 6'7", tight end, and Jared Wiley. So their size is unbelievable. But the little guy I'm talking about, Darius Davis, will come in every once in a while and is a pain in the backside. So there's a suggestion for you. But I, um, you've been really good at these spotlights for a long time. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be too rattled by one off right. week. You'll get right back on the horse. Yeah, that was not good. All right, Toby, appreciate it as always. Next week, next week, live at OU on the air. Book it. Guaranteed. <laughs> How's that? Uh, and now we'll hear from one of our great partners. Have a great day, Toby. See you, Chris. Maria Della Camera is the senior marketing manager for the Sheridan Dallas Hotel. Of course, we got OU Texas coming up next weekend. But uh, many other reasons for us OU fans to be hanging out in the DFW area. Maria, welcome. Thanks for being with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me today. I appreciate it. Now, I understand your hotel completed a multi-million dollar renovation in 2020. Can you share some of the highlights? Absolutely. So the cool thing is you'll be stepping into what is a transformed hotel. We have stunning spaces connecting you with beautiful redesigned guest rooms and public areas. We also have two new restaurants and bars and a grab-and-go market. Uh, sports fans love to uh, watch the game while we're eating. Sheridan in Dallas have a sports bar? Oh, yes, we do. We have our Draft Sports Bar and Lounge, which is a 4,000-square-foot world of sports nirvana, and it includes 25 TVs. We have 30 local and international beers on tap and signature meta- menu items from our Smash Burger to the Nacho, and we're open seven days a week from 5 p.m. to 12 a.m. And we do have special hours next weekend where we'll be open for lunch on Friday and Saturday. That sounds perfect. Now, if I want to explore the city, what's walkable from the hotel there? Okay, the great part about the Sheridan Dallas is that we're steps away from the city's vibrant arts and museum district. We're close to more than 23-plus restaurants and bars. We're surrounded by four beautiful parks. 
You can also jump on the trolley, which is right across the street, and take it into Uptown for more dining and sightseeing adventures, including shopping. And then we have the Dart, which is also across the street, which you can take directly to the Cotton Bowl. Perfect. It's the perfect location, Sooner fans. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sheridan Dallas Hotel. Make sure you consider it the next time you're in the Dallas area. Maria Della Camera, Senior Marketing Manager. Maria, thank you so much. Thank you. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind Casino, still the one, and by Allstate, proud partner of Oklahoma Athletics. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Sooner Sports Network.